This is the Birth Village Podcast. Welcome back to the Birth Village Podcast. I'm Morgan Brower, and today I am joined by Aditi Aromi, who is also known as My Lactation Lady with Sound Start Education. She is a certified lactation educator and counselor, and we are going to get to know her today and hear some really good stories about the things that we can do to correct issues when we're wanting to breastfeed, but we're running into these problems. We want you guys to know that you have options and you can seek help if you are wanting to breastfeed your baby. Um, We don't just have to give up when it gets hard. So Aditi, thank you for being with me today. Thanks for having me, Morgan. And first off, I want to thank you for having me. And I believe we're in uh, August, which is Breastfeeding Awareness Month. What a better time to air this uh, episode. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, actually, I I meant to mention that. Thank you. So this entire month, we're going to be trying to dedicate to breastfeeding. Um, so what a perfect way to kick it off. Yay. <laughs> Aditi, will you tell us about yourself? Absolutely. So I am, I've been here in St. George for 12 years. I've been married for 24 years this October to the same young man. Um, He's going to be 52 next year. So we're up there in age. (laughs) Um, We have two amazing homeschool children. My daughter is 12 and she's a linguist. She speaks six languages. So that's amazing. Yeah. Some fun things about me that you might not know. (laughs) Um, my son is going into fifth grade and he's doing seventh grade math. So he's my math whiz. Okay. (laughs) Very cool. And you are, you are into, um, homeschooling. I am. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of my thing on the side. That's what I'm passionate about besides breastfeeding. Yeah. My husband always jokes. It's either we're talking about breasts or homeschooling (laughs) one or the other. Um, so yeah, we've been homeschooling for about five and a half years and we absolutely love it. And, um, so they're doing fantastic. We actually, I share my home office with my kids. So when you come to my home office there, just south of the hospital, um, you'll see some Chinese stuff and some fun computer kids stuff. It's because we do share that space, me and my kids. Nice. So, um, some fun, unique things about me, um, that you might not know. I'm, I'm actually a born again Christian. I go to Hilltop church. Um, my native, uh, language is Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I learned English, uh, a little bit later on in life. How old were you? Um, so I was about seven years old when I came to San Diego and, uh, was raised in my childhood. I was raised in Costa Rica and in Mexico. Wow. Yeah. A little okay. fun. And then we landed in San Diego. And that's actually how I learned about St. George is in high school, we used to drive across the 15 to go to Zion. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That's so funny. And now and, you're right by it. Yeah. And 94 was my first Angels uh, Landing hike. And I just always felt like this place was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I tried to move here many times and finally, finally accomplished it in, in uh, 2012. Yay. Well, we are yeah. glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, Tell me a little bit about your business as my lactation lady. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it kind of goes back to my personal um, breastfeeding journey and how it all started. Um, So obviously you heard I've been married for 24 years. Yeah. But my oldest is 12. So if you do the math, (laughs) we took a little longer to have children. Not intentionally, but I wasn't one of those moms who... um, I guess I was really busy traveling. My husband worked at United Airlines at the time. And so we just traveled a lot. And so when we weren't having kids, we're like, well, let's go take another trip. Yeah. (laughs) So we just got busy traveling and never really looked into infertility or what's wrong or why aren't we having children? We just knew that we were definitely having sex and we were definitely not (laughs) pregnant. (laughs) And so we just figured it was in God's timing and in God's hands. And Uh so um, eventually for our 10 year anniversary, we went to Acapulco to a wakeboard camp because we were both into wakeboarding at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was when we conceived our first child. <laughs> really? So you never did have to look into infertility or no, anything? Okay. No. Yeah. I just think I was relaxed. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. After all those years. <laughs> so um, we had uh, my first was in 2010. And I remember when I was pregnant, how important breastfeeding was to me. Um, I always thought that that was going to be something that was easy and something that I wanted to do. And, you know, definitely I could do it. And so is there any reason that you can remember why you thought breastfeeding would have been so important to you? Yeah. I just remember in my childhood, I remember seeing a picture of my mom breastfeeding me when I was Mm. little 
Yeah. And I remember seeing that and feeling how special that felt and yeah. realizing that I wanted that too for my child. So Beautiful. that's probably my, my memory. Yeah. Um, and so for, um, for me, um, since we are part of the birth village, I can share with you my, my short birth story. I was, um, I was considered high risk cause I was older Okay, and I hadn't been pregnant in 10 years. And so for me, um, I didn't, wasn't able to have a home birth because of a high risk, um, pregnancy. So in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, I had a doctor who helped deliver and, um, I ordered my hospital room to my standards. I had my own carpet. <laughs> I brought in my own candles and I brought in, they were, you know, flameless candles yeah. and my own aromatherapy. And so that hospital room became my room. So I had my home birth nice. in the hospital per se, but um, I was under care because of the high risk piece. Yeah. And so my baby came, um, my water broke and she arrived 31 hours later. Okay. And it was amazing. And um, after she was born, we tried latching and she had a hard time opening her, her mouth, opening her mouth. And so the latch was a struggle. And what was cool in the Grand Rapids um, Hospital was they had a cranial sacral therapist on the floor. What? Isn't that so cool? That's amazing. So as soon as I heard that, um, she was amazing. And she actually sadly just passed away from brain cancer oh. last year. Yeah, but she... Um, she held, she came into my hospital room and she said, you know, I'm going to help you with that latch and see what we can do. And she held my little baby in her hands, maybe four or five hours old. And as we were talking, just catching up on life, um, I asked her about 20 minutes later, I said, Hey, um, when are you going to work on my baby? And she's like, Oh, I've already done it. She's good. And she was just holding, massaging her scalp and and was able to release a lot of tension in her. So her cranial uh, bones had kind of overlapped and creating that nerve um, right through the temporal mandibular joint to not allow that jaw to open. Mm. And so she worked on that pretty well. And within minutes, we were able to latch her. And she suggested I attend the um, breastfeeding support group that was at the hospital at the time. And um, come back next week when you get out of the hospital and come join us. And so I did. Um, And that's kind of how my breastfeeding journey started was it was tough. It was hard. And I wasn't sure if it was going to work. And then I came every week to that um, breastfeeding support group at the hospital. Wow. And that was really neat having that there because you had a lot of NICU moms that would pump for their NICU babies Mm -hmm. in the actual support group. Oh, neat. Yeah. So they'd come down from their NICU room and pump and hang out. And so we talk and it was really a neat support group. And I was in that for probably a good 14 months until I felt like I was good and stepped away. And then, um, at that point in our journey, God had called us here to St. George and opened up a door. Yeah. So we were on our way. And as we arrived in 2012, um, my little one had just turned two when we got here and months later, I found out I was pregnant again. Ah, fun. <laughs> so um, in that, of course, the first thing I Googled in St. George was yeah. breastfeeding. Yeah. And there was nothing. There was a Lelechi League in Cedar City. Um, Will you explain what that is a little bit? Yeah, of course. So Lelechi League is an organization. It's international. And it's known as um, a mom-to-mom peer group. Um, they do get a little bit of extra uh, breastfeeding education to support the moms. Um and they are able to come and meet and join and support and, and troubleshoot together as a group. Um, but I knew as a brand new mom the first time around that once a month wasn't enough for what I wanted. Yeah. And that meeting was once a month. And 45-minute drive for me was probably not realistic. A little much. And you had been going once a week yeah. with your first. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So okay. I was like, oh, I don't know. So, um you know, God implanted this entrepreneur, entrepreneur, uh, ship brain in me. And so <laughs> I was like, how can we make, how can we make this happen for our community? Cause mm-hmm. if I needed it, then I'm sure I'll need it again. And these people here in St. George, there's lots of babies around mm-hmm. here. There's a lot of moms having mm-hmm. babies and how can they have not had a support group yet? So I, um, I rounded up some people that I knew and we put together an amazing support group, um, back in 2000 and, uh, 13, it actually debuted on the very first day. It was April 5th um, of 2013. And I know that date because that was the due date of my second baby. Okay. And I opened up that first meeting. There was six of us moms, founding moms. Kelly Colfin is actually one of our founding oh, moms. Oh, is she for really? Feed. She was, yeah. Awesome. And so we uh, we met in the basement of the birth suite. Mm-hmm. So Cynthia and Elizabeth were um, such great hosts to allow us to have that space. And we met down there and um, it went really well. 
we probably had seven moms that first meeting. Okay. And then I went to my 11 o'clock appointment at the OB and my water broke <laughs> and my son came nine minutes before midnight. So he arrived on his due date on the very first day that Frida Feed was That's born. really so cool. So he was born the same day Frida Feed was birthed. Yeah. <laughs> did he have any um, issues or were you able to get him to feed right away? Yeah. So he did not have any issues. Um, he was a 12 hour delivery, which was much nicer than 31 yeah. hours. Um, but he did not have any issues. Um, just the, the traditional, you know, discomfort at first and mm-hmm. just learning how to get that all through again. And no, he did great. Um, it was funny actually, cause I didn't really know about doulas until I met Kelly mm-hmm. and I'd met Kelly just a little bit before we kind of put free to feed together. And so, um, Oh man, I wish you would have told me, let me be your doula. Cause I would have <laughs> loved to have a doula at my last birth, but yeah. I, I didn't get that chance. So I never experienced the amazing doula piece. Yeah. Well, something that really is standing out to me from your story is that you got help with your brand new baby. Like you were able to get help right away. Do you think that made a significant difference? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the longer we wait, the harder it is emotionally for the mom. I yeah. mean, physically too, the pain gets worse and worse, obviously. But emotionally, we as women feel defeated mm-hmm. when we're just not getting it. And it's been yeah. day after day. For and real. you add sleep deprivation on mm-hmm. top of that. It's yeah. not the great mix. No, it is not. <laughs> also, it's really hard emotionally at first when you're when you're having a hard time, but physically is there a time frame where if you don't get help within this time frame, you're kinda done? Um, I wouldn't say so just because I have helped moms. Um, I've even helped moms after they've stopped breastfeeding and then decided they wanted to try it again. Really? Yeah. So emotionally they kinda got their their hormones balanced and they got their head on straight and Mm -hmm. they're feeling good. And then they're like, okay, I think I can try this again. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that there's a point where there's no turn, you know, no, no turn back. I I think we can get any mama to it's, it's, it's really how much she wants it. Yeah. I remember Kelly Colvin telling me one time, she said to me, Aditi, you can't want to breastfeed more than the mom wants to breastfeed because <laughs> I wanted everyone to breastfeed. I wanted to help everybody. Yeah. But the truth was she was very right. You know, um, now my mentality is I want to help people breastfeed who want to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. And I have had those clients where they call me and say, you know, I don't think I want to breastfeed anymore. And I'm the one who ha- has the, the helping guidance for them to release them of that, to say, mm. it's okay. Let's get you on a good formula. Let's get okay. you on a good routine. Let's teach you how to bottle feed to avoid the throw up and the spit up and the gas. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's okay to not breastfeed, to choose not to breastfeed. Sure. Um, but at one point in time, I wanted everyone to breastfeed. Well, and then <laughs> if you do want to, you don't have to give up because it's hard. There's support right. available. There's absolutely, you know, certified lactation educators and counselors, but there's also cranial sacral yes. therapists and stuff like that, chiropractors. Yes. So I think a, a big part of our message today is like, please seek help and seek it early so absolutely. that for your own benefit, so that you can have an easier journey. Absolutely. Yeah. So tagging back on to how um, we started, I've really actually been enjoying the journey alongside Trisha and watched her flourish and nurture in this amazing birth community because I remember back when I first met her and um, just how little everything was and now how big it's grown. Mm -hmm. And it's so exciting to be here. I've actually worked with... um, a lot, actually all the prenatal pediatric special chiropractors that I hear that we have here in town, I've worked with all of them. Some of them, even from the very beginning of their, um, their careers, which has been fun to see. Um, and ironically, I've, I think I've helped almost, I mean, I'm sure there's a few that I haven't, but the birth village, I feel like I've, I've definitely helped with everyone with breastfeeding. There's a, there's an exception there with Dr. Katie. She's been doing so amazing. I haven't helped her, but, (laughs) and of course, Trisha, I haven't helped her. (laughs) I was was probably done by then. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Well, cool. So you're really passionate about this. You've got a lot of passion for what you do. And all, a lot of that lies in your own journey that you've shared with us. So that's really cool. Um, is there anything else that you want to share about yourself before we kind of jump into the meat? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, no, I think that's it. But okay. you did hit it on the head, passion. And um, passion can sometimes come over as, oh, she's too much, right? But <laughs> I, I hope that's not what the case because I am passionate about breastfeeding. I'm passionate about homeschooling. I'm passionate about my marriage. I'm passionate about the Lord. So that is just my makeup. 
I am a passionate, a passionate person. person. I'm Latin. Come on, let's, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> We're passionate people. <laughs> hey, passion is a really good thing. Yeah. So I'm glad that you have found your passion in this thing because you've been really helpful to a lot of people and that's amazing. We're Thank so grateful you, for you. Thank you. Um, okay, so something that I'm really eager to talk about is issues that people have with breastfeeding and how we can resolve those with support. So um, one that comes to my mind just because a lot of people that I am close with family members and friends have dealt with like their baby having acid reflux. And that's something that you can help address, right? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. So the idea of reflux, um, there's actually many reasons why a baby could have reflux at the breast. Um, the main one, it's a bad latch. Mm, the tricky, really? yeah, the tricky part is how do we know what part of the latch is bad, right? Okay. Is it not deep enough? Um, is it the breast holder not, sure. not, not handling the breast correctly? Um, so we kind of have to take a look to see and ask questions. If we see a baby at the breast and there's milk dripping out of their mouth, then we can assume that if, dri- if milk's dripping out of their mouth, then air's probably going into their mouth, right? Okay. So if we have a poor latch, then air is coming in. And if air comes in, we can actually push that, that milk up and create some acid reflux in there mm. as well. We call okay. that more silent, right? Um, but acid reflux can also be from a pH imbalance with milk. Um, so a lot of doctors will put babies on an acid reflux medication. Um, I'm actually more of a holistic minded mama. So I try first less invasive. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, um, I, I love these teething amber necklaces and there's one yeah. with hazelwood that I really like. And huh. hazelwood was discovered by the aboriginals and it helps a lot to balance the pH um, so that's something that I really, I really like, um, to and use. you brought one of those, right? I did. I brought Let's one. Let's look at it. I yeah. want to kind of describe what it looks like. So this is a necklace that your baby can wear and it's got, you said hazelwood. Yep. It has liquid, uh, Baltic amber in there as well, which is from trees and that helps with inflammation and pain. And, um, hazelwood, the way it works is it appears to work by creating a more alkaline environment in the body through direct contact with the skin. That's really amazing. Isn't that so cool? Yes. And that can help prevent and remedy much of those symptoms caused by acidosis, which is too much acidic in the body, um, and reducing the free radicals. And that's kind of what can create that acid reflux. And so that, hmm. that was, like I said, it was a phenomenon that was discovered by aboriginals. So it's kind of neat to go back. Yeah. Time. So how would you, how would you know if this is going to like, if this is what you should turn to or not? That's a great question. So it kind of depends on the behavior of the baby. Okay. So um, when I have a a mama come to me and say, I think that my baby has reflex or doctor says baby has reflex, we want to take a look at everything because one of the signs that they say to me that they think they have reflex is because the baby spits up a lot. Okay. And so a baby spitting up doesn't always mean that there's reflex. Really? Sometimes a baby can spit up if they're given too much milk. Okay. So if you put a mom with an overactive letdown and a mom who has an overproduction, so you breastfeed and I weigh your baby after your breastfeeding session and they just drank four ounces. And that's a lot for a brand new baby. That might be too much. So guess what's coming up? So we want to kind of take a a look at the whole behavior and is baby crying when they're spitting up or is it just coming up with no action at all? So there's lots of things to think about, not just they have acid reflux, let's put them on medication. It could be the latch with air going in. So you picture you have milk, 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 and then an air bubble mm-hmm. and then more milk. And so when that air bubble erupts, up comes that top of the milk that yeah. was there. So it can be air intake. It can be um, mom's diet. There is definitely those acidic foods like tomatoes and all those things can definitely create that baby to be bothered because anything we eat goes into our breast milk. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely something to look at as well. So really interesting. Um, I think a lot of people are unfamiliar with just how teeny tiny a brand new baby's tummy is. And so that's something that you teach in your class. I do. And that's something that 
everybody hopefully should know before they go into breastfeeding because there's a lot of worry. That's a, such a common thing that you hear is so many people are worried that the baby's not getting enough. enough. Right. So it's really interesting to hear that that might be what you're calling acid reflux is actually just like you're feeding your baby too much. It could be. Really interesting. It could be. I want to talk about the necklace <clears throat> again. Um, I've seen lots of babies wearing the different types of necklaces, the amber, the whatever. And, um, I've heard concern about choking and stuff. So can you address that a little bit? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think every mama is born with a, a I call it a mama gut. It's uh -huh. that little pooch that's left after you have a baby. That's what I like to address. That's um, where your intuition is. That's it your intuition. There. That's your sense. That's, that's what gives you that sense of something's not right. And mm -hmm. even as, you know, as having a 10 year old the other day, I had this intuition, something wasn't right. And I go and sure enough, there was an issue. So we have that. And so with anything that you do with your baby, I feel like your intuition, it should trump anything. Mm -hmm. um, we are born with an intuition to be able to nurture and mother our babies. God gave us that. It's an intuition that we are born with. And so we don't need a handbook on how to parent or mother a child. We know what to do. And so for me, obviously, there's going to be medical professionals that tell you one thing, and that's totally fine if that's where you'd like to go and that's where your intuition feels. But if your your intuition's against that, I always tell moms to follow their intuition. Um, but the necklace company obviously tells you to take it off for naps and take mm -hmm. it off, okay. obviously, for legal purposes. We used them with both of my children. I never took them off for naps. I never had choking issues. I was never concerned. It was never a concerning issue at all. Um, you can definitely use them when the baby's awake. You can also put them around their ankle and put a sock over their oh, ankle. Yeah. So we just wanted to touch the skin. I've even had moms put them in their diapers on the outside by the skin, you know, when they know they're not having poopy diapers, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just want it touching the skin. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Interesting. What other issues are, can we address? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, just to wrap up with reflux, um, oh, yeah. another thing that can help too, if we're going on less invasive, um, a therapy would be chiropractic care. We all know that mm -hmm. chiropractors can help in so many ways. Um, of course, when we're talking to the, to the Western medicine doctors, we don't talk about the, the C word because <laughs> I, I did, I made that mistake. I spoke to, um, all the pediatricians at our hospital and I accidentally said the C word and it did not go over very well. The but C word being chiropractic. Correct. Care. Yes. Um, they're amazing. And when the doctor asked me, how do you know that this works? There's no paperwork to show. All I could say is that I had a baby that wasn't able to latch and after they got adjusted within minutes, they were able to latch. So that's the only proof that I needed that chiropractic does work. But there's definitely, um, you can do your research on chiropractic care and um, there's definitely a relief for acid reflux, mm -hmm. for gas and colicky and all of that to help with chiropractic adjustments. Um, and of course, if there's any um, tethered oral tissues as well, um, we would refer them right over to our preferred provider here locally um, because that would be, need to be looked at and diagnosed and then released by a, an actual preferred provider, a doctor or a dentist. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's... Yeah. So that's reflex. So the, the most common concern that I get phone calls for the most is soreness. Mm. It's pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's um, before baby gets really fussy, it's mom's first in pain. And it's probably my most common call. It's around two to three weeks. Baby's two to three weeks old. Mom just can't handle the discomfort anymore. The excitement of the birth has kind of gone <laughs> down. She's now <laughs> sleep deprived. Husband's back to work and she's about yep. to lose her wit. Yeah. So that's when I kind of get my first phone call. And soreness can be normal um, for the first couple of days. And it's a tenderness. It's a uh, level of pain should definitely decrease as baby's latched. But there shouldn't be cracking or bleeding. It shouldn't be unbearable for the whole feed. And it definitely shouldn't last more than two to three weeks. Nipples tend to callus within 10 to 14 days where you don't okay. feel that discomfort anymore. So it is on some level normal to have low soreness at Correct. first. Yes, absolutely. How do you know if it's too much, if, especially if you're a first time mom? Yeah, that's a great question. Um I don't know if there's a way to say that because our pain tolerance is different for each person. So yeah, if I was true. to tell you, well, if the pain tolerance is at a five, then you should come see me or call <laughs> me. But really someone's five is like someone's 10 or someone's yeah. one. So yeah. there's really no way other than time. If okay. it's still sore and tender after two to three weeks, I would say that that would be a good phone call time okay. because it shouldn't go that long. Um, another reason for soreness uh, could be just a poor latch. Um, if the, 
the baby's not latching deep enough, the tongue is actually um, touching and protruding right on the tip of the nipple. And that's not where we want that tongue. We want the tongue at the base of the areola. So it's not actually even touching the tip of the nipple. So okay. we want a deep latch. Um, thrush can be another reason for soreness those first couple weeks. Um, thrush is just an overage of yeast. So if moms are prevalent to yeast infections or if they had a yeast infection when they were pregnant, they can definitely get thrush. That's basically a yeast infection, but instead of vaginally, it would be on the nipple hmm. and it can, uh, go onto baby's mouth and then mom and baby pass it back and forth. Oh my gosh. It's a wonderful experience. Does that make baby fussy as well? It does. Thrush. It burns their mouth as they're eating. Hmm. So it makes them very fussy. I have a funny thrush story actually. So when I was breastfeeding my little people, so um, I didn't tell you, but my little girl ended up self-weaning at 19 months. Um, it caught me off guard because I wanted to nurse longer. And I'm like, no, you have to have more. And she's like, all done. She was giving me the all done sign. And so I was so devastated. Um, but she did great. And then my son, I also d let self-wean. And we can talk a little bit later about weaning. But okay. um, he is, uh, he approached his fourth birthday one week before his fourth birthday. And I remember asking around two or three years old, like, when do you know when they're done? Like, this mm -hmm. is crazy. He's almost three. And it took another whole year, um, before I knew. And you just know, um, he was definitely done, clearly done. And it was su super cute. But, um, <laughs> but I had thrush when he was three and a half years old, right before he quit, I had thrush on my breast and I treated it. I got rid of it. And, um, and, uh, I had, it was during swimsuit season. Ooh. So I had my bathing suit on and I was not well educated at that point, um, as much with how to treat thrush and that thrush did not survive the freezer or you had to boil it. I didn't really know that. So when swim season ended, I put the bathing suit away mm -hmm. and that was in July here. And then come March, we went to Cancun. And I took out my bathing suit and went to Cancun and that thrush came right back because it was out. living on that bikini. Yeah. What? It was awful. Yeah. That's crazy. It was crazy. So definitely boil. Lots of boiling if you've got thrush going on. Okay. Nipples, pacifiers, bottles, bras, get rid of the pads. Yeah. It's really contagious. Huh. So be careful with that. Okay. So besides soreness and reflex, um, another one that's pretty, pretty po popular. I get a lot of pediatricians definitely diagnosing them with allergies. So hmm. your baby's allergic to your milk, right? That kind of sounds what? a little off, right? Doesn't yeah. sound like, like, uh, it doesn't agree with my God conscience. Sure. <laughs> Wait a sec. You're telling me I just had a baby and God produced all this amazing milk on my breast and my baby's allergic yeah, to the breast. Weird. So what I think the doctors really mean is that something you're eating yeah. is creating an allergy for your baby. Okay. Right. So what are we eating? So the, probably the two biggest culprits are dairy and gluten. Okay. And how would you know if your baby is allergic? Um, you really wouldn't see it except for in their stools. And we're seeing okay. two things. The first thing we would see is a mucousy stool. So okay. as we change those diapers, we see a clear boogery type substance yeah. in that diaper. Maybe shiny boogery substance. But is it's that going to be pretty much every time they... Every time they, every time you're changing a poopy diaper? Not necessarily. Okay. If, if they're allergic to milk and you haven't had milk in a week you won't see the poopy diaper. Oh, right. So it's after you've eaten that allergen that they're about. What's the time frame? So usually um, when we consume something, we're usually seeing something within the next two feeds. Okay. So if you eat a bunch of peanuts and peanut butter and almond milk <laughs> and the next two feeds, baby's super fussy, most likely that gas is kicking in from those nuts hmm. and it's the next two feeds. Yeah. Okay. So the second one we would see is blood and that's not as great. So we want to try to keep an eye on those two things. Yeah. Um, and then what do we do? Well, you want to try to strip your diet away from those two items, obviously. Um, I, I personally like to encourage the three favorite meal approach. So for a week, just have your favorite breakfast item, your favorite lunch item, and your favorite dinner item and keep it consistent for a whole week. Okay. That way you're not being stripped of all this great stuff. And usually if you keep it as a basic meal, um, you're not missing too much and baby is doing okay. And then you can add back in one item sure. at a time and then you can really see it rather than just go on a strict diet. It's really hard to eliminate. Elimination diets are difficult for a yes. brand new mom. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So just everything's hard for a brand new mom. Yeah. So then if you can't eat all the stuff you want to eat, that's extra hard. Exactly. That's really important. Um, so anyway, food intake with the dairy, you just want to limit that. Um, I get a lot of moms who do fine with the basics of dairy, but you know, the yogurt eating mom, the ice cream eating mom, sour cream and 
um, cottage cheese, those big intakes is what really can affect baby. So just okay. try to limit your dairy if that is um, happening to you and baby. And there's not really anything to do about that beside cutting out whatever the baby's having an allergy to, right? Well, Ooh. if we go back to Western medicine, no. Okay. But Eastern medicine, we can tap into um, some muscle testing. Okay. We can tap into um, here locally. They can test your breast milk for what they're allergic to, and then they can reverse that through muscle testing. So I know. Oh, kind of, my gosh. Kind of voodoo, but yeah, it works. I've seen it work. Hey, if it works. So there it. is definitely options, um, just not in the box type of stuff. Okay. So out of the box. hypothetically, if your baby is demonstrating an allergy to dairy and you're like, I cannot cut out dairy. I just simply can't. You might have other options than cutting out dairy. Absolutely. And okay. I also have had uh, clients have success on, um, there's a lactate pill you can take after. If you're not, if you're sensitive to dairy yourself, yeah. you can take it. It actually helps the baby as well. Really? So there's, really? Yeah. There's That's lots of different so options. Cool. The other encouragement is it's the, a model that I started 12 years ago during our motherhood support group. And it's this too shall pass. Yeah. And in all honesty, eventually baby's gut and stomach will be able to handle all of it. Hmm. It's just a matter of how much can you handle of the discomfort of what's going okay. on, right? So I sometimes tell my moms, if you struggle through, and by the time you do an allergy testing and you do a bland diet and you figure it all out, we're 12 weeks in. Mm -hmm. And by your time your baby's 12 weeks old, their belly's already doing so much better anyways. So they're going to be doing better no matter what. So some moms that are saying to me, I don't want to change anything. They just tough it out. You just and baby okay. does great. We just want to eliminate that mucus and that blood in the stool. Yeah. That's important. But if babies are upset over lots of meal items and it's not showing in their stool, then a lot of times moms will just truck through it. And yeah. this too shall pass. Okay. That's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. Man, I'm learning so much. I'm so excited. <laughs> So one of the other things that a lot of moms uh, may struggle with, and I don't want to say a lot of moms, but a lot of the struggles that they come to with um, is mastitis. Um, so an infection in the breast. Our mammary glands are open to, re to infection when we're breastfeeding, and so that can definitely affect the breastfeeding journey. It's painful. Yeah. Um, a lot of times doctors will diagnose that and put them on an antibiotic to help the infection. Um, once again, as a holistic mama, mm -hmm. I, I try to figure out, okay, how can we treat it naturally? Um, of course, I love my doctors. And when you need to see a doctor, you got to go see a doctor. Yeah. But if we can try first less invasive ways and see if they work. Um, but you definitely, if you ever get mastitis in both breasts or if it lasts more than two, th two to three days, you definitely want to seek uh, medical help for that. Um, but Fusion Pharmacy has done a great job of putting together this um, immune pack. And I actually use it for my mastitis patients. I just let them know I have it. They take it. It's amazing. It's a high dosage of vitamins. Okay. And it helps increase their immune system, which then in turn helps um, get them better and fight that infection. Um, I've also seen some moms have some great success with some onion poultice. Um, so you chop up an onion and kind of put those fumes right up by the breast and that huh. can pull out some infection that way as well. We do that with ear infections in our house and it works really well. So is the Western medicine alternative to this high dose of vitamins antibiotics? Yes. And so the way doctor will, will treat you is with antibiotics. Um, yeah. How does that affect your milk supply? Does it? So the, the fact that you're sick and that you're stressed and you're not sleeping well, all of it will lower your supply over time. Okay. Um, but it all can come back. Just remember, supply comes and goes. Mm -hmm. So don't ever think once it's gone, it's not coming back. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things, too, that a lot of women don't know is they feel like if their supply is dripping and, you know, dropping and leaving that their their breastfeeding journey is over. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. Yeah. Okay. And then we have yeah. another one more issue, I think. Right? Yeah. So low milk supply. Oh, um, duh. Yeah. Leading yeah. right into it. Yeah. <laughs> low milk supply is a big one. So as you get sick supply goes down. As you have a stressful day, your supply might go down towards the end of your day. If you're a busy mom with three other kids, mm -hmm. you do realistically have lower supply at night. Really? Yeah. And so it just happens that way. The witching hour is very alive and well between 5 and 9 p.m. where baby's wanting a nurse every half an hour because the milk's just producing slowly, but surely it's there. Mm -hmm. And it's telling your body to make more by having the baby on there every half an hour. So mm -hmm. I promise God planned it all perfectly. Just yeah. keep nursing and he's got your back. 
Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the supplements that I really like for lactation, um, increasing the, of the milk supply is the legendary milk product. Um, they make this cool lactation support bundle that comes with three products, milk blueza, liquid gold and pump princess. And they actually intended this for, um, you to try to see which one works better for you. But I actually use it to my advantage. I have my mom's take two of one for breakfast, two of another for after lunch, and then two of another after dinner. And what happens is there's so many different herbs in each bottle uh-huh. that over the, the day you get all those herbs in your system at once. Yeah. And it actually gives you a really good boost. I've had great success. All the moms that have taken it have told me it worked great. It's not something that you have to take all the time. Okay. But definitely if we're going back to work, if you're starting okay. your cycle, if you're starting on birth control, um, anything that's lowering your supply, you could definitely take that for, this is a 30 day supply. How do you know if your supply is being lowered? That's a tricky question, Morgan. Yeah. Um, so it is, tr- it is tricky because when we bottle feed a baby, you see the two ounces in the bottle uh-huh. and then you feed the bottle and then the two ounces are gone. Yeah. So therefore baby had two, two ounces. ounces. Yeah. <laughs> it's the easiest basic math, right? <laughs> But last time I checked, my breasts weren't clear. No. Yeah. And they don't have uh, markings with um, (laughs) ounces on them. They don't. So you don't know how much is in there and you don't know how much they're getting. Yeah. So a lot of my counseling comes to, I don't know how much is in there, but baby got enough. If they're eating, you can hear them audibly swallowing. They're pooping, they're peeing, they're growing, they're happy, right? Mm -hmm. Then baby got enough. How much? I don't know. But they got enough, right? Yeah. So that's the trust that we have to have in our body. Just when we, like when we go through a birth process and you're Mm -hmm. birthing your child, you have that trust in your body that it can do it. You have to carry that trust on into your body is producing enough. How do you know if it's low? Definitely concerns with diapers. Output is a big one. Okay. So if babies aren't peeing every, I mean, we're, we should be changing a wet diaper every, every diaper feed. So two to three hours. Okay. Um, so if we've got any issues with diaper output, that would definitely be a, a sign. If your baby's not content, that's a hard one because sometimes babies are fussy after they eat because they're gassy and yeah. they did eat enough. Maybe they even ate too much. So sure. it is hard. And that's a great question that you asked Morgan, because that's kind of my job, I guess, is to help moms figure it all out. Yeah. Because okay. as moms nowadays, as people, we have access to the internet and we can find out everything through the internet, right? Mm-hmm. So my hopes is that I can keep a mom's eyes on her baby and enjoying that journey with her baby mm-hmm. and then guide her and tell her exactly w- where she needs to be, what she needs to do, and just counsel her through that so that she can stay off her phone and her computer and Google and just enjoy her baby. Well, and when you're Googling so much, there's all this conflicting information where That's right. Google says, oh, your baby's not eating enough or, oh, your baby's eating too much. And you're just like, I don't know what to do. Yes. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 That's my hopes. The second annual birth expo hosted by the Southern Utah Birth Village nonprofit organization is coming up in just a few short weeks on August 5th, 2023. This expo is loaded up with lots of booths for you to visit and an amazing speaker schedule. The speaker schedule starts off strong with a Q&A session with a doula panel, followed by one of our keynote speakers, Dr. Jody Singh. She is a naturopathic doctor here in town, and she was on the podcast earlier this year. She'll be giving a comprehensive guide to fertility and infertility. After Dr. Singh, we have a second panel to teach all about postpartum, placenta encapsulation, recovery, and breastfeeding that will really set you up for success in a postpartum journey, whether that's coming up soon or farther in the future. Lastly, our other keynote speaker, Dr. Paul Thomas, will be speaking on vaccine education. Dr. Thomas is a pediatrician who is knowledgeable about both the latest scientific research and the community's disease exposure. He's respectful of a family's risk factors, health history, and concerns. And he's the author of The Vaccine-Friendly Plan. Find more information about the expo and purchase your tickets on our website, thebirthvillage.org. General admission tickets are $5 pre-sale and $10 at the door, and we also have a VIP ticket option for $20 that includes admission for two people, access to all the speakers' PowerPoint presentations, and a goodie bag. VIP tickets are limited and are only available for purchase before the day of the expo. We can't wait to see you there. And my last topic I want to talk about is the gas and colic baby, right? The Mm -hmm. gassy and colicky baby. Um, 
this is probably one of the most common complaints I get um, after baby. So my clients that come to me two, three months down the road, mm-hmm. they're coming to me because of this complaint. Um, so things I want to encourage the mom with is that the newborn gut, it does take a little bit of time to actually work correctly. And so a lot of this grunting and gas and uncomfortability is kind of a new thing for their digestion. Mm-hmm. And so part of it is just how it is. Okay. Um, not to say, obviously we have a really fussy baby. We want to figure out what's going on. Now I can help troubleshoot. Like if mom's always eating, you know, I, uh, I once took care of a client who her husband worked for a true, ba- uh, true nature, a balance of nature. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Balance <laughs> of nature. And, um, when I got to her, her baby was three or four days old and she was complaining of super fussy, gassy, colic baby. Hadn't stopped crying in two days. And so when I asked her what vitamins she was taking, she came out from her pantry and she like showed me like a whole stash of like, I don't know, 20 or 30 different pills and, and powders and supplements. And I asked her, I said, are you taking this every day? And she said, yeah. And so I said, let's just eliminate all that this week and see what happens. And within 24 hours, she had a brand new baby. So really too much in the system can really come right through that breast milk and affect baby pretty quickly. So okay. just being remembering all those little details, which we teach in our breastfeeding class, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of things that can hold with that colicky is um, you can also help with colic holds. We have some great colic hold positions that you can look into um, that I teach at my postpartum um, classes, just holding them correctly. Sideline also helps if you read the ba- uh, happiest baby on the block um, he talks about the five S's, swaddle, sway, shush, suck, and side lay. Babies are very comforted by that side lane position. Mm. Um, so that can and also And you can help. nurse in that position. You can. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then checking for, you know, tethered oral tissues is really important. Um, making sure that the latch is good, that it's not um, having air come in. Because if we've got air come in, then obviously that can create some extra gas. Um, that, that's otherwise known as a tongue tie, tongue tie, but or a lip you tie. can have, yeah. Or a lip tie. Mm-hmm. Who, what do you do if you suspect that there's a tongue tie? Who diagnoses that? Yeah. So, um, here locally, I've been working on this for a long time. It's been a struggle. Um, up North, we have some amazing doctors. Um, I refer everyone up to Dr. Uh, Cam Quayle and Dr. Brandon Richter. He does a great job. Um, but of course that's hard to go up to a preferred provider way up North. Mm-hmm. They are amazing at what they do. But if I've got a four day old baby, mama's vagina hurts. Mm-hmm. We don't want to go all the way up there and back. Mm-hmm. It's a long drive. And so, um, I've been working really hard to try to, to get a team here. Um, I refer my clients over to Dr. Eager at Gateway Oral Health. Um, he is uh, just a wonderful provider, preferred provider here locally, um, does a CO2 laser and has done um, his education with Dr. Chelsea Pinto and the Breathe Institute. So I really enjoy working alongside him and um, he takes great care of my clients. Awesome. I think what this is all coming down to is there's pretty much an answer for whatever issue that you've got going on. And as long as you know where to seek support, you can breastfeed if you want to. Yep. And there's, we're going to later this month, obviously get into a lot of the nitty gritty of like the benefits of breastfeeding and why you might want to be really as attached to it as you, a DTR Mm -hmm. yourself. But, um, we, there's support. There is help for you if you want to do this. Absolutely. And um, the last thing I was going to say on that gas and colic, there's also a fun 24-hour bottle test that you can do. Um, So sometimes we're not sure, is that gas coming from what you're eating or Mm -hmm. is it coming from the latch? And that's one of the little fun things that we do. So we just bottle feed for 24 hours and see how that goes. Interesting. (laughs) We have fun with those. Yeah. Okay. So let's say someone does know that they they really, really want to breastfeed. How can they set themselves up for the most success possible and the easiest journey possible? That's the golden ticket, Morgan. I'm so <laughs> glad you asked. Um, so ideally, you want to you want to prepare for your birth, just like you have a birth plan. And many of our clients here in town take birth classes mm-hmm. to be well educated. The same goes for breastfeeding. Most birth classes are going to talk about breastfeeding, but you want to make sure that you're well prepared for breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, so my two secrets to successful breastfeeding journey. Um, or to a sound start in your breastfeeding yeah. journey is um, prenatal education and postpartum support. Okay. That's really it. 
Um, so prenatal education, you want to take a class. Um, we offer our class in several ways. Um, quarterly here live. I teach here in Southern Utah. Mm-hmm. My next one here coming up will be in the fall in October. You can check that out on our Facebook page or website. And then um, I also offer it online nationwide. Okay. So you can take that in any uh, time of your pregnancy. I always suggest the last quarter, the the third trimester so that you are um, ready and coherent. And I like both parents to be there so that we have four ears, uh-huh. which are better than two. <laughs> and then it's fresh on all of your minds. Yes, absolutely. So that covers our breastfeeding education. Um, if you do take my class, it comes with two complimentary phone calls. One um, right after the course is taken so that you have any questions that weren't answered either live or, or online. And then the second one, when baby arrives, if you have some questions right after birth, whatever you need, um, I'm at your services. And then the second golden um, ticket would be that postpartum support. Um, it's making sure everything's going well. Mm-hmm. Um my, my hopes in our community is that everyone is able to experience a positive effect for breastfeeding, a positive vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want any negative vibes of breastfeeding. We want, yeah. we want you to come into it loving breastfeeding. Yeah. And so that support is huge. Um, so if you were to do that, or w- what does that look like? So if you have a home birth um, and latching and everything's going great, or a hospital birth, everything's going great, within the first week is a great time to make a home visit. And 80% of what I do is I travel to homes. So I love um, coming in your space. We use your couch and your pillows and your bed and just all your stuff in your comfortable space. Um, And so in that first week visit, we just check everything. We make sure everything's going well. We talk, we counsel through questions, um, anything that you need in that um, first home visit. The second time I like to see a client is between two and three weeks. And that's when we start talking about pumping, bottle feeding, and how to balance the two. Mm -hmm. And so that's another great time of having a service. Um, And then after that, honestly, I don't really see my patients again. So sometimes I forget what you look like when you run into me at the grocery store because I only saw you twice and I was really focused on your breast. (laughs) So please remind me who you are when you say hello. Um, So that's really the, the success to that. Um, what ends up happening, of course, you've heard is I get the phone call at two to three weeks with problems yeah. or three to four months with issues with baby. So we try to, we really want to fix it on the, on the forehand so that we don't have to deal with the backhand okay. um, side effects is ideally what we'd like to go over. And for under 400 bucks, goodness, that's, it's done. It's a check deal. You're, you're ready to go. Yeah. Um, formula nowadays, we're hitting 3,500 for the year. That's a trip to Disneyland for baby's mm-hmm. second birthday. You know, I just heard a statistic that was like, if. Oh gosh, let's see if I can come up with it. If every mom could breastfeed for six months, it would save our country like thirteen billion dollars or I something believe like it. that. I believe and it. And that's a big I mean, that's a big deal to me anyway. I believe it. I'm really proud of our Southern Utah families. I think, you know, I travel a lot and I give out my business card to everywhere nationwide um, because my services are nationwide. I yeah. do video and phone counseling as well. And so um, but they're not as friendly you know, a lot of people will be like, uh, I'm not breastfeeding when they're yeah. pregnant and I hand them a card, but Southern Utah, I've never really had that. Every single person who's pregnant here in Southern Utah is readily available and acts excited to take a breastfeeding card and be cool. like, yes, I can't wait. So I, I think we've got a great community that we're fostering and raising up amazing moms. So I'm yeah. really, really proud of them. And that being said, that, um, motherhood support group is still happening. Um, we have uh, revamped the name. It's no longer a nonprofit. It's dissolved, but okay. we are the Southern Utah postpartum support group and we meet weekly still. We've made it to, uh, over the summer, we're doing a park day every other week and then, Cute. yeah, it's kind of fun. But right now, uh, Cafe Elevato is what we're at. And we have a fun little like living room space in the back. Yeah. Um, the owner has a grandbaby that's six months old. So once in a while, you'll see him oh, he's awesome. with the white beard and yes. his cute little baby in there in our motherhood group. So we really enjoy it. They have great avocado toast. Yes, they um, do. <laughs> so that's where we meet right now. It's um, every other Wednesday at 10 a.m. And during the fall, it will change and it will be weekly okay. for sure. But I love being there. I love I just love working with moms and being around them. It gives me an excuse to be a better mom. Because sure. sometimes I'll get caught up in my week and I'm just working or cleaning or sometimes I'm mm-hmm. caught maybe playing pickleball. <laughs> but then every single you know week when that postpartum group comes, it sets some time aside for me to go and hang out with women mm-hmm. and grab my coffee and have an avocado toast and just take a break and just 
let go of the everyday recharge. stuff. Recharge. Recharge. Yeah. It forces me to do that. And it makes me a better mom because I go home excited and energetic. And, yeah. and uh, so I look forward to meeting and spending time with those mamas. Some of them are my clients. Some of them are not yet my clients and some will never be my clients. I have some formula feeding moms that I help with questions on that. I have uh, a whole different facade of, of beautiful ladies there that come every week. So that's interesting because you know about different bottles yes. and stuff like that too. Yes. So if, if somebody didn't want to breastfeed or couldn't breastfeed, uh, you can refer them to, to help make sure that their formula feeding experience is good too. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've often thought about changing that whole, my lactation lady, because I don't want to steer away from helping the bottle feeding mom, right. Mm-hmm. Or the formula feeding mom, because I can help them and I've helped many of them, which mm-hmm. is always exciting. And it is once again in, in my soul to love on all of those moms, yeah. no matter what their choices are or where they're at in life. And so um, I've come across learning a lot about bottles because as a breastfeeding specialist, if I can tell that we have a breastfeeding issue with a latch, then how important is a latch in a bottle? I started to really think about that. Like if there's all these different bottles and nipple shapes and they can't all be good for baby Mm -hmm. if our breasts are kind of shaped way different than a bottle. Like, mm-hmm. let's figure this out. <laughs> so I actually have done um, a good enough research to know that I really enjoy the the nipple shape of the Lansineau brand. Um, there's other bottles that have this shape, but it's the gradual incline of the nipple. Okay. Rather, I feel like we're going to need to post a picture of this maybe. <laughs> you guys good. need to see this. Um, rather than a large divot or indent, it just gradually goes up. Um, so you can really picture that breast-like motion. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really wanting that. Sometimes on those other bottles, you have to have that nipple so far into that baby's mouth to get a proper seal for mm-hmm. them to actually latch and suck well on the bottle. Mm. And so this bottle really, when I get a mom that comes in and says, I'm struggling with bottle feeding, I'm struggling with bottles, period. And we switch it right to this. The struggle 90% of the time goes away. It's pretty, cool. it's pretty cool. So I really like this one. Um, and while we're talking about nipples in the mouth, mm-hmm. um, there's another one that I really, really like as far as pacifiers go. Yeah. Um, man, I feel like I'm so old. Cause when I was nursing my babies, there was only like three shapes of pacifiers. <laughs> really? <laughs> and now there's like infinity. There's it like, feels like, I mean, there's different shapes, different colors, different textures. Sizes. There's one like with a big ball. It's like one of those dum dum popsicle yes. balls on the tip. Yeah. I think they're just prepping them for those lollipops. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's just ginormous. So once again, I'm a breastfeeding lady. I'm a breast lady. I always tease Trisha and says she's the vagina lady. I'm the breast lady. <laughs> but, um, for me, I really, um, I really want that pacifier, that bottle to be similar function at the breast. I mm-hmm. want baby to be working the same, having that tongue lift up in the middle and really pull that milk out. I want them to have the same practice when they're sucking yeah. on a pacifier or a bottle. And that's important. And, and that can be important whether or not you're going to be breastfeeding, right? Absolutely. Because that can help with like language development and stuff like that. Absolutely. When you start to do some research on the function of the tongue, it's actually quite impressive. It's not just to be there for talking or swallowing. There's so much functions to it. Sleep is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do want that tongue to function correctly. And so you can imagine as we have something in their mouth for a year or two, it can create a different function yeah. over time. So we want to be careful with that. Um, so yeah, I like this. It's the Nini Co brand. Um, I carry them in stock because I think they're amazing. So I do have all the colors and you're welcome to pick one up in my home office if you want. But I love it because the baby can place their tongue at the bottom of the base of the areola and then can still latch and flip their upper lip like they should. And then they really do suction and and Mm -hmm. express that pacifier similar to a breast. So I really like that one. And it's so soft. It is, isn't it? It Makes you want to try it and suck on it, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, Aditi. Well, we are, um, I think, have wrapped up kind of my agenda of what we'd like to talk about. But I would also really love to hear some of your like gem stories that you just really hold tight to from your long career that you've had that really um, have made a difference for you. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Morgan. Um, Yeah, it definitely has been a great journey. Um, My husband sometimes asks me, he's like, why do you keep doing this? (laughs) And I tell him it's because I feel like it's a gift. It's a gift that God's given me the ability to help moms. Um, It's my nature. I'm kind of a a counselor, a lover, um, 
I, I like to have people around me. I love parties. We <laughs> just, I like to be around people. So I, I am a people person and I feel like mine is to serve. My gift is to serve these postpartum moms. I love what I do. I feel like people have definitely told me that I'm in my element doing well with what I do. So, um, I, I think that postpartum moms are so fragile. Um, when they come out of birth, they are, their hormones are all over the place. Mm-hmm. They've just had this, they've created a baby in their belly and birthed a baby. You know, it's just an amazing miracle. So I feel like we have to be so careful with these postpartum moms. And that's where my gift comes is I'm just, I just love on them. I I go back to the first Corinthians 14, four through eight verse. And I pull out the words that are in there. Love, patience, kindness, truth, hope, and perseverance. Those are my words I live by because those mamas need to be just loved. We need to be patient with them. Mm-hmm. Super kind. Um, they do need to hear truth. Sometimes they don't like to hear that they're doing something wrong, right? Yeah. Or they need to eliminate something. Um, and they want hope. And they have to know that they have to keep persevering to get through it. So for me, um, I've just loved working with moms in our community. And there are definitely some stories that stick out a little bit more than others. Um, one of the really cool stories I have to share is... Um, a few years ago, I received a phone call from a grandma and she said that her granddaughter was going to have a baby and that she wanted to make her, make sure she was prepared for breastfeeding. Um, although she doesn't think she would breastfeed, she just wanted to make sure she gave her the, the options and all the knowledge she needed just in case she would breastfeed because her her grandma really wanted her to breastfeed, but she acknowledged that she was still in high school and, you know, um, yeah probably not going to breastfeed but so she, she was called really me young yeah very young so she called me and and we met and um, I gave her all of my resources she didn't have time to take my whole class so I just met with her one-on-one and I gifted her all my services um, pro bono and just told her all about breastfeeding got her prepared I actually gave her a nice little $400 gift basket of everything Aww. that she would need just in case anything happened kind of walked her through it and and I shared with this young lady that if she decided she wanted help with breastfeeding after baby came to call me and I'd be glad to come to the hospital and, and just counsel her and guide her through that. And she said, thank you. And she was pretty quiet and shy and her eyes were pretty, um, far from mine. And, and I left it at that. And I, I kind of had her in my mind a lot the next few months as that was her third trimester when we met and I prayed for her a lot. And, um, I got a phone call one day and the grandma said she had her baby and, the baby's just been born like Aww. 20 minutes ago. And she asked if you would come Aww. and help with breastfeeding with a latch. So I came to the hospital and I helped her with her first latch and encouraged her how to move her arms and what to do. And she did so well. And she just had this huge grin on her face and just the joy of um, seeing this young lady who chose life. Right. Yeah. And, um, uh, and of this other generation lifting her grandbaby up and encouraging her. We don't have that much anymore. We don't have that older Mm -hmm. generation fostering and and teaching the next generation. So it was just a beautiful picture. And I just remember that. And the coolest part of the whole story was we did talk maybe once more. Um, One baby was about four weeks old. We talked about bottles. She was going to go back to school and she needed grandma to feed bottles. And so I had grandma come and learn about pace feeding. And, and so we did that. And then a few months ago, I got a phone call Um, It was a voicemail because I didn't answer it. And it was grandma telling me that her great granddaughter Mm -hmm. was a year and a half old, still breastfeeding. Wow. (laughs) And that her granddaughter said it was all because of me. And just such a cool story. She sent me a picture too of her granddaughter now driving (laughs) um, with the baby in the back car seat. And it was just really cool um, to see how just one minute with this young lady, you know, more than one minute, but time with this young lady impacted her and her life and all these generations were in fact involved. It was really neat. Yeah. So that was special. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, another cool story was, um, I got a phone call one night, uh, from a young lady. And, um, when I asked her for her home address, she gave me a hotel number. (laughs) So that was definitely one of those Mm. calls where it was in the evening and I had to pray before I went because I was a little nervous, Mm -hmm. (laughs) wasn't sure what I would find. But this young lady's story was that she was homeless and she had no money. Um, Someone had put her up in the hotel and she had given birth to a baby. In the hotel? In the hotel. Yeah. 
On her own. On her own. Wow. And so she said her breasts were full of milk. It was day three and she had no idea how to latch that baby and baby hadn't eaten and I don't know what to oh, do and I have no money gosh. for formula. I don't have a bottle. What do I do? So that was pretty impactful. Um, and I was able to just guide her once again, just teaching these moms how to do something that we think comes so natural, but oftentimes can be a struggle for people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of times I do get that phone call. And when I get a phone call to help those women on the other end feel like they're, they're failing and they're not, um, they're calling for help for guidance, right? I want women to feel empowered that they're being guided and encouraged, not fixing them. I'm not fixing yeah. anyone. I'm just guiding and encouraging them. They do. They really do it all themselves. Sure. I'm just their voice and, and guiding them and encourage. I'm their biggest cheerleader. That's all I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we like to think back like in, in our community and on this podcast and stuff, we like to think back of what, what were things like years and years ago when we did live in villages Mm -hmm. and you said a lot of times that people think breastfeeding comes so naturally and we should just be able to just do it it's just you know it's God's plan for us we should just be able to just feed our babies and sure we we should be able to but also think back to his his plan and the way that life has always been set up is that we are in villages where we have these women who can teach us and help us. And so things aren't like that anymore. And that's maybe where a lot of the struggle comes in. So there's, there's no shame in getting help. In fact, you should get help, especially if it's something that you want to do. Like you said, you can have a postpartum visit just to make sure that everything's going well. And maybe you should because this is a natural thing, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be um, perfectly easy and without effort. Yeah. That's funny that you said that because in all these home visits that I make, I could probably list on one hand, maybe two of when I've seen a mom at the home visit with her daughter as I'm helping her daughter. It's not often that we have our moms here with us, Yeah, you know, and that's, and then, and then if you take that statistic even less, how many of those moms actually breastfed and and succeeded and how long ago was that? So how much really (laughs) advice can they help? Right. But it's, it's very true. So I I guess I'm kind of like the grandma that helps everyone with breastfeeding. Yeah. (laughs) I love love that. And actually that stirred up one more story that wasn't on my thoughts for today, but it's a story about a mom. Um, it was out in Ivan's. I helped someone out in Ivan's and she called me and she had a beautiful, thick Brazilian accent. And she said, I need help for my daughter. She needs to breastfeed. And I said, okay, I'll be right out. <laughs> so I came out and when I got to the home, beautiful, beautiful home out in Kayenta, And the, the mom said to me, I don't know what's wrong with my daughter. Listen, it's very easy. And she took the grandbaby and took down her breast. No and way. she's like, look, <laughs> she put that little grandbaby right on her breast and latched that baby super quick. And she's like, what is wrong with my daughter? Why can't she do this? Stop. So oh funny. my gosh. The poor mama just died in tears. And Aww. I said, you know what? Let's, let's have you grandma head out this way and let yeah. me talk to your daughter and I'll take care of things <laughs> for you. But it was so funny, the culture piece. And obviously that mom was there and she was trying, but yeah, it was hard, but that was a really funny funny (laughs) oh that is pretty funny and then my last uh cool story has always been the home births um I love I love attending home births um it's just it's so miraculous especially when I get to be there when everything's still like the candles are still lit or the Mm. lighting's still lit it's not often but I do get to to enjoy that time and um I was telling you earlier, I don't, I don't really get photographed for what I do, but I get to see all the pictures and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of neat. Um, but the home births are definitely um, some of the most special times. Um, sometimes there's been some home births where when baby comes, they struggle to suck. So it's a missing suck reflex or a, it's a, a delayed suck reflex. It's just not there. And um, I'm, I mean, in the hospital, I'm assuming, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but I'm assuming they feed them either with a tube or a syringe because if they're not sucking, they still have to eat. But what do you do when you're at a home, right? You're at home and mm-hmm. you can't get your baby to suck a bottle or suck on your breast and they need to eat. So I've been there a couple of times and it's been great um, to be able to have the resources here in our community to help with that. And the the biggest trick is just getting that suck reflex 
started. And um, I've, I've heard lots of people tell me that when babies don't suck on their uh, fingers or their fists in utero, that's what can delay it. So they're not, wow. they're not sucking. So they don't practice that. Yeah. So really all we need to do is just practice that. Just help keep, them practice. Yep, help them practice. Keep sticking your finger in there and lots of motions and mobility um, is what I've heard people do and, and how it's worked. Um, but cranial sacral and chiropractic are the secrets to that. Yeah. It's just getting them well adjusted, getting those cranial bones situated well in that mouth area so that that tongue can do what it needs to do. And that's Mm -hmm. just, they come, they come to the home visit, they fix that mama right away, that baby right away. And, and then mom can latch and away we go. These are all such great stories. I love hearing about all of this. Okay. Well, Aditi, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you and to get all of this information. It's, it's so valuable for people to know that they can turn to someone for support and that support is, is an option. And even for our listeners that aren't local, like you said, you do like the national services, but that they can seek out someone in their community as well. But just to know you guys, there's help out there and that's really important if you want to breastfeed and again you might learn a little bit later this month why you might want to breastfeed and why that might be something that you want to look into but anyways again thank you so much is there anything that you'd like to say before we kind of close out thank you so much morgan for having me here i'm just so blessed to be part of the birth village here in southern utah to be a part of something so special and just the the power of these women that come together and empower all these other women. It's just such a cool ripple effect that you see. And we're reaching hundreds and thousands. And I think it's amazing to be part of that. So I'm so thankful for that. And, um, and that's it. I'm so thankful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you to all of our listeners for listening. Aditi, will you please let them know how they can come in contact with you? Absolutely. I have a beautiful website that you're able to access and book appointments online directly through there. Um, Either a prenatal breastfeeding class, my live uh, class is there to register for each quarter, and also my online class, which can be taken at any time. Um, my home visits, hospital visits, home um, home office visits are also on there, and it's just www.soundstarteducation.com. And then I do have an email as well that you can reach me, which is all on the website, soundstarteducation at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook with My Lactation Lady or Soundstart Education. And my direct cell phone number is 435-231-2111. Okay. And you're open to them contacting you that way then, Absolutely, Amazing. Absolutely. I'm open 24 hours a day. I'm on call for all my clients who reach out ahead of time. So as they go into labor, I'm open and available 24 hours a day. Awesome. We love that. Thank you. Um, And if you guys are interested in contacting us here on the podcast, either to leave us a review, leave us a question, or just let us know what you thought about any of the episodes that you've listened to, please feel free to contact us. That number for the voicemail, and it'll just go straight to voicemail. Nobody's going to pick up, so we've had some people concerned about that, but you can leave us a voicemail at 424-444-1BVP. That is 287 for BVP, so 424 444-1287. Um, Please feel free to send us a DM on Instagram at the birth village podcast, or leave us an email at the birth village podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening again. I know I already said that, but we are just so grateful for all of you. If you are feeling extra generous today and you would like to leave us a rating and review rating or review on, on Apple podcasts or Spotify, we would be so incredibly grateful for that. That allows us to help spread our message and get the word out that um, us women are powerful and there's a lot that we can do, including breastfeed our babies. So um, Aditi, one last time, thank you for being here with me today. And we will leave you with the reminder that empowered women empower women.